Welcome to the podcast called The Complete Guide to Koholint. Uh, we talk about the game The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. My name is Ryan. My name is Zach. And the tile we're talking about today is C6. C6. We're here. We finally made it, after all this time, to the mysterious woods. Uh, mysterious forests. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, my note here, very first note says, this song rules. Oh, yeah. Because we haven't been here yet, so we can talk about how good this song is. It's extremely good. It's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it very It is very using, like, I think that uh, what it's doing is it has, like, this drum and bass, or noise channel and square wave or whatever, uh, to, uh, that creates this very grungy uh dark sound that matches the uh environs which are dark and gloomy woods and then uh in the higher register it does a variation on the zelda overworld theme but takes it up really high and does these uh kind of goofy glissandos uh and it's neat it's kind of got. I the f- only know enough music theory to go so far. That's, I'm sorry. I'm say, sorry. I like it. It's good. It's a good song. It kind of starts sounding like it's got the first two notes of the Hyrule Castle song from Link to the Past. Like the da da. Oh, okay. And then it, in in then then it's two different notes after that. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's trying to, like, most of the overworld music in the game is doing a variation on the, like, field theme uh, f- from back in Legend of Zelda. I think, oh, because, because, like... Oh, is it also the same for, the, like, the... Da, 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 da? Yeah, so it's kind of that yeah. same, like... That's what I mean. They all, they all kind of start mm-hmm. that same place, all those songs. Yeah. Neat. Uh, we're in the forest. We're at C... Six in the forest. Sure. Uh, this is part of the forest where there is one standard moblin, one armed mm-hmm. moblin um, that will come at These you. These armed moblins are pretty rare. Uh... Uh, well, you have, uh, since you're playing the black and white version, you have one extra one where I have the camera shot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, um, like in the forest, I think there's only one sword and shield moblin. That checks Co-Hoblin. out. They're they're no. definitely are these less... guys Cohoblins or the these are Moblins. These are the okay, right. these are LOZ looking Moblins. Okay, with the same LOZ face. Um, and um, most of these operate like LOZ Moblins, but there's a couple that I call that are armed that have swords and shields like Link does. It like <laughs> when I think about there are all these Moblins that just like shoot arrows and aren't very tough, and then there's that's one guy who happens to have a sword and shield. It feels a lot like a Dungeons and Dragons encounter where you'll have a bunch of mooks and then you'll give one orc like a great sword to make it slightly tougher than the rest. Yep. It's not really a boss, it's just a little interesting. And it, yeah. So more important than that there's a rock. Mhm. Yeah, there's a rock. And you can't do anything with the rock the first time you go through. And so you come back after getting the bracelet and you lift up the rock and there's mm. a cave. Yes. And it's in a that spooky cave, cave. Is a creepy looking like altar. I think of it well, as a well. It looked yeah, well. Yeah. It, it's it parses as a well to me, but I'm like, 
not really a well. I don't know. Uh, I think it must be a well. Uh, there's kind of a a well. Isn't of there a demons. thing in? Yeah, in in Japan, there's kind of an idea that wells have creepy things at the bottom of them. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what they're going for here. And it's flanked by like scary st- skull statues. It's totally cool. <laughs> I want to look at. I'm, I'm trying to pull up a picture of the the artwork for this thing. Mm. Um. There we go. So in, so this is this is this whole segment is kind of a carryover from Link to the Past. Yeah. Like, this game has a lot of the same DNA as Link to the Past, and they reuse mm-hmm. a lot of concepts from Link to the Past. So in Link to the Past, I'm gonna start there. Uh, you go down a well. Right? No, it's just down a hole, and inside there's an altar, and it looks like an altar in Link to the Past. Yeah. And it it looks I I would argue it looks cooler in Link to the Past. Yeah, now that I'm looking at them side by side, it's definitely a little cooler. It has a sculpture of hands that are bearing what looks like a cup of blood. Yeah, and that's a lot more <laughs> uh, exciting to me anyway than a well. And so in Link to the Past and in Link's Awakening, you can sprinkle magic powder on this altar slash well and summon a creature that is referred to as the Mad Batter. Yes. And then the Mad Batter in either iteration of the game will give mm-hmm. you something for waking it up. And I'm going to keep comparing these side by side because I like the way Link's Awakening handles this better than the way Link to the Past handles this. Oh, yeah? Because in Link to the Past, you wake the guy up and it's very inconsistent if he actually yeah. is happy or angry that you woke him up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, darn you for waking me up. I mean, actually, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then here, have this half magic, and I'm peacing out. Well, he's like, I'm like to punish you, I'm going to cut your magic in half. Yeah, but it doesn't come off that well. Well, let's get the actual script, because I think this bears... I, I was specifically comparing the uh, dialogue in both... And it's my opinion is the link to the past version I like better than the uh, Link's Awakening version. So in Link to the Past, uh, hey, blast you for waking me from my deep dark sleep. I mean, thanks a lot, sir. But now I will get my revenge on you. Get ready for it. Uh, is that okay with you, sir? Uh, and then going on, he says, <laughs> I laugh at your misfortune. Now your magic power will drop by one half. Congratulations. Now do you best, even though I'm sure it won't be enough. Have a nice day. <laughs> See you. So he goes back and forth between being uh, angry and happy. Yeah, he can't quite parse. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not picking a picking a tone there. Um, now, but, so do the, you want to read what he says in Link's Awakening? Uh, I don't think I have that text. Let me see. Let's I have it right here. in front of me. I've I can read it. it. I can get it. I can get it. Okay, you read it. Uh, he says, "Hey, kid, you woke me up from a fine nap." Thanks a lot, but now I'll get my revenge. Are you ready? And then Mm -hmm. to get his revenge, this is really great, because then what happens is he will give you increased carrying capacity for one of your consumable items. And this is why I like this one better, because he says, Ha ha ha, you deserve it. Now look at all that junk you have to carry. Ha, take care, see you again. I like the idea that it's a successful curse where he's going to curse you with more junk. 
but hmm. because you're this video game character, it doesn't matter. You can carry as much as you want. <laughs> but like, you ever see the artwork of somebody who will like draw a video game character carrying all the stuff that they're supposed to be oh, able yeah. to carry? Yeah, I like that in my head. I don't know that that's funnier to me than well him getting the curse wrong. I guess I think that um, I kind of think that both versions are basically trying to do the same joke, probably. But that in Link to the Past, because they can fit more characters on the screen, they're able to actually draw the joke out for long enough that it makes sense. Whereas. Link's Awakening has to be so terse that it becomes much more ambiguous whether he's trying to curse you or trying to be nice or being sarcastic. Yeah. I always read the Link's Awakening guy as being sarcastic, um, but in Link to the Past, he's clearly going back and forth between personalities in a way that's very funny to me. Yeah, I I still... I disagree. I like the Link's Awakening take better. Okay. It's, it's funnier to me that he gets his curse done and it's just you got to carry more stuff sucker like not <laughs> understanding that like as a video game character that's a good thing what do you upgrade first uh i don't remember well for one i didn't realize you could change it until i started doing research on this oh i never realized you could say no give me a different curse yeah so i would just take and whatever actually, was given to me first <clears throat> i'm pretty sure he can't uh you can upgrade something twice. Really? I think that, like, Arrows starts at 30, and then he increases it to 60, and then if you ask him to do Arrows again, it'll go up to 90 or 99. I want to try that. I didn't know you could do that. You don't need that, but I want no. it. <laughs> I think the, the correct way to do it, uh, like, upgrading Magic Powder, because you hardly ever, or at least I hardly ever use it, Seems like kind of a waste, but also you don't really need a ton of these other items. The game doesn't really. The bombs force are you useful. To... The arrows are useful mm -hmm. for like a single stretch of the game. I think that having upgraded arrows is essential because there are like th the game is more stingy with arrows. Um, I remember trying to do Southern Face Shrine and running out of arrows, and feeling completely stuck because there are so few ways to restore your arrows i guess i had to like buy a bunch at the store and it was a pain uh so i think upgrading arrows is essential but i always upgrade bombs first because but that's the most useful them. that's that's a, yeah. just a useful strategy right there yeah um especially if you're gonna go fight dodongos later Ugh. oh yeah um Pretty yeah bad. so mad batter is here um, not something that they really brought back in later Zelda's. I think that the um evil statue in Breath of the Wild is kind of along the same lines. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's also um, and I can't remember his name, but uh, I think he's Batro from Skyward Sword. Oh, who's also kind of like a weird demon guy. But yeah, you end up helping him and something and something and something. Okay. I don't remember Skyward Sword that well. <laughs> um, We're lucky this is actually more. Sword actually, podcast. if you want to talk about things that's similar to, it's way more similar to Thousand Year Door. Oh, yes. Because it's thousand, exactly like Thousand Year Paper Door. Paper Mario oh Thousand gosh. Year Door has chests that you go to 
where there's some evil spirit inside that convinces you to open the chest, and then you open the chest and it curses you with a new ability. Yeah. And that is extremely what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty good. It, I, you know, it ends up being a joke you see in a lot of places, I guess. But I Probably. Like it. Is it a, I mean, is it a Japanese thing? Or is it just a Nintendo thing? <laughs> I, I think somebody at Nintendo just really thinks this is funny. <laughs> well, like even, I, I was saying before that the guy's dialogue and Link to the Past is a lot easier to parse, but it's still kind of it's hard to get that tone across. Yeah. And I wonder if in Japanese, the way that it changes registers makes it more obvious whether he's like having a split personality or something. It could just be, like you said, really heavy sarcasm that it's just not in place enough to make sense. Outside. Yeah, but, like, the way it says uh, he calls you sir some of the time and not all the time, that seems like the way you would translate very polite Japanese versus rude, villainous Japanese. Mm. And if he's changing between those two registers in the course of a single line of dialogue... Um, that would shed some light on what this character is supposed to be and what what kind of joke we're actually enjoying. Isn't there actually like a polite, villainous version of Japanese too? Ooh, I don't. I mean, I think there's a polite villainous as well. Uh, as you know, a debutante, a mere observer who hasn't actually learned any Japanese, it seems like they have a register for every possible social situation i just feel like there's certain characters i've played in games Mm. like uh i can get specific there's a there's a a rival attorney in one of the ace attorney games who comes off as like a samurai kind of guy and i know i read an interview where they're talking about translating his stuff and how he spoke in a very like feudal japan way cool that made him sound kind of so in the english version he speaks very proper but, like, in a way that's very, like, looking down on you, kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so maybe it's, like, that. Maybe they're using that kind be. of register. But we don't know because we don't have any Japanese knowledge. That's too bad. That's Write okay. into the podcast. Email at us at completeguide at twocoholent.podcast and dot tell edu. us how to speak Japanese. Yeah. Teach us. Uh... We'll teach you, meanwhile, about Tile L14 uh, the next time you listen to one of these podcasts, whenever that may be. It'll be tomorrow. Oh, that's even better. 